Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. podcast from the canon an SB Nation blog about your Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm your host PD. Later in this episode we'll be talking about the NHL Network's list of the top 20 defensemen right now but first we have some unfortunate Jackets news to discuss. Last week the team announced that Alexander Texier would not be joining the team for the upcoming season. This is a continuation of the leave of absence which Texier was granted Back in the spring, um, he was recovering from a finger injury and was allowed to return home to France to visit his family. Um, and then even after the finger had recovered, he was granted the leave of absence. Uh, we don't know a lot of details, but it was reported at the time that uh, a couple members of his family had passed away. Um, so it sounds like it may have been related to him dealing with that or dealing with, you know, the surviving family members. Uh, we know that he's very close to his family. Um, we knew, I think, that this was a possibility. The fact that we had not heard much from Texier was worrying to some fans. Now, I had still been optimistic that he would come back, you know, until I heard something to the contrary. Uh, back at the World Championships, his agent had told Aaron Portsline that um, you know, as far as he knew that Texier was still on schedule to rejoin the team, but, you know, we didn't know for sure. But now, now we know. Um, now we did at least get a quote from Texier in the release. Um, uh, he says, I have experienced some personal issues and challenges and I feel I need to be close to my family at this time. Um, he also says that he has love and respect for the city of Columbus, the Blue Jackets, and the fans, as everyone has always treated me first class. I truly appreciate the support, help, and empathy I have received from team management, the coaching staff, doctors, trainers, and my teammates. This was a hard decision, but it is the best one for me right now. So, again, we don't have a lot of details, and obviously we are not entitled to them. Um, it is up to Texier to decide when he wants to tell the full story, if he ever wants to tell the full story. Uh, I hope that he does at some point, just because I think it can be helpful to others when a public figure like this is dealing with 
uh, a mental health issue, a grief issue, something like that, if they can talk about what they're going through, I think it can help others who are also going through that to know that they're not alone and that someone in a position like that can go through this and can, you know, come through it in the end, uh, which hopefully Texier will at that point. Um, I also, in this situation, have to give credit to the Jackets because I feel like they have handled this very well. I appreciate that they are being so supportive of their player um, because this is not easy for the Jackets because Texier is a good player. He's a useful player. He was a big contributor to the team last season and and at times in the previous years. Uh, So certainly they would want to have him you know, as part of the team this year. But I think they recognize that in the long term, this is the right thing to do. That, you know, if they were to play hardball with him over this, that, um, you know, they would burn that bridge completely. But uh, this is a case of if you love someone, set them free, you know. And if he comes back, uh, you know, if it's meant to be. Yarmo said in the press release, his mental health and well-being remain our top priority, and we will continue to support him in any way we can. And I think that's right, that, you know, ultimately the well-being of the players need to take precedence over over team success, you know. Um, now, as far as the uh, sort of technical details in terms of his status and his contract and all that, uh, he is officially suspended for the season, uh, and that means that his cap hit will come off the books and his contract will slide. So the last year of his contract will will push over to the next season. So um, that still helps the, the team in terms of keeping him under, under team control. Um, but through an agreement between Texay and the Jackets and with the NHL and the Players Association involved, uh, they agreed that Texay would be allowed to sign a contract to play with the team in Europe. So uh, after this announcement, it then was it came out that he has signed with ZSC Lions, who are a team in based in Zurich, Switzerland, uh, part of the National League there in Switzerland, which is a very good league, maybe the third best, third or fourth best in Europe behind the KHL, uh, the SHL, possibly Liga in Finland, but you know lots of. Good players have started in that league, come over to the NHL, and have had success. Austin Matthews played there in his pre-draft season. Um, this uh, this team in Zurich is where Dean Kukin signed, so there's some familiarity there for Texier. It is located about a four-hour drive from Grenoble, which is Texier's hometown there in the south of France. So uh, he gets to continue playing the sport that he loves, but he's a lot closer to his family. If that's still something that is important to him, still something that he needs. Um, it's good that he still gets to play because he's still a young player. You know, he's just about to turn 23 next month. This allows him to de- continue to develop his game, stay sharp. So he's not coming. If he comes back next season, it's not going to be like, Oh, he hasn't played in 18 months or whatever. Um, you know, we saw him play in the world championships in May. He played really well there for France. So the skill's still there. I think the passion for the game is still there. He just needs to work through these issues. And I think it's important that we are addressing something like this, that we can see that this is something that players deal with, and we can't just push that aside. It's not something that they just have to 
play through no matter what. You know, we need to treat this like it's an injury, like it's a finger injury or a back injury or whatever, you know, that uh, sometimes it takes time to heal, you know, and if it's, if what he's dealing with is based on grief, you know, grief is something that it doesn't have a set timeline and it's not something that heals in a straight line. You know, there are good days and there are bad days, you know, there are are times where you think you're past it and then there's something that triggers it and you know, you're in a bad place again. Um, I know what I've, I've lost people close to me and I've sort of just gone about my life and, you know, maybe told myself that that was my way of coping, that that was my way of finding a distraction and that helped take my mind off things. Um, I think in reality though, that in the immediate aftermath, even though I was going back to my, day-to-day life that you know my school or my job or they were not getting the best of me in that period and in this case with Texier if he was coming back but he was still dealing with depression if he was still dealing with being homesick if his mind was not entirely on the game you would not be getting the best version of Texier and that's not good for him. That's not good for the team. So if he can get through this and come back in a better place mentally where he can devote himself again to the game, that's best for everyone involved. Um, and similarly, for any of you listening, if you're dealing with stuff, um, don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You don't need to be a hero, you know? Um, mental health, it's a real issue and it's something that needs to be treated just like you would treat any physical condition, whether an injury or an illness or whatever, like it, it's just as important. Um, you know, you wouldn't just ignore a broken limb, right? You'd go get it treated. So similarly, if you're, you know, not right mentally, it's okay to ask for help and get treated for that. So... The most important thing here for Texier is that whatever he's dealing with, that he is able to find some peace, some comfort, um, get to a better place. It's possible that, that what that means is that he stays in Europe, that he doesn't come back to the NHL. Um, I hope that's not the case. I hope that he can come back here and play again for the Jackets. But, you know, if that's not right for him, you know, then so be it. Um, I just hope for the best for for him and his family. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. 
We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. On Sunday, the NHL Network uh, released another episode where they ranked the top 20 players at a certain position. Last week, we talked about their list of the top 20 wings, and Seeds and I had some thoughts about that list and some issues. Uh, and man, I, I feel like I have even more issues with the defenseman list that came out. So first, the the jacket that is represented, Zach Wierenski, came in at number 16. And that feels about right to me. There are maybe some guys above him that I would not rank above him, but there are some guys below him that maybe deserve to be higher. But 16 feels about right. I think Wierenski, for maybe some ups and downs that he's had in the last few years, like I think he is still legitimately a top 20 defenseman in the league. Um, now, is he overpaid? You know, he's going to be making over $9 million starting this season. It's a little steep um, for a guy who's not necessarily able to carry this team to greatness on his own, but he is still arguably the best player on the Jackets, maybe second best now that we have Goudreau. Um, he's still clearly the best defenseman on the team. I think he is a legitimate top-pair defenseman. I think he would be a top-pair defenseman on any team. Any team would be happy to have him in that kind of spot. Um we know that he can be an elite goal scorer. He had a bad shooting percentage this past season. I think that'll bounce back, but he's a guy that, you know, he's put up 20 goals in a season before. Uh, and while his salary cap hit looks high, what I think we saw last summer is that that is the new going rate for a player that a team values as their top guy. So even if he's making similar to what Kale McCarr is making, Kale McCarr has taken a big, big discount, but he's Colorado's top guy. So he's making that. Wierenski's our top guy, so he's making that. Darnell Nurse is maybe the top guy for Edmonton the way they see it. And again, I think Wierenski's a lot better than Darnell Nurse. So, you know, he doesn't have the worst defenseman contract. He's, you know, it's going to age better than the, say, Seth Jones contract. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. So let's go through the list here. Uh, the top of the list looks fine to me. Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy. That's the top five. Totally legitimate. I think you could maybe quibble about some of the order there, but that would roughly be, I think, most people's top five. I think Kale McCarr should certainly be number one. Um Adam Fox had kind of a down year, but he was the, the previous Norris winner, so I think you got to have him high up on here. Um, then they had Chris Letang at number six. Now, he's still putting up a lot of points. He had 68 points uh, last season, but I, I don't know. Even top 10, would, I think, would be a stretch for me, for him, especially 
going forward? Because like, how long is he going to continue playing this well? You know, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. Um, Aaron Ekblad, number seven. Yeah, that's, I would even, I'd bump him above Latang. Uh, Devon Taves, number eight from Colorado. Again, Colorado is so fortunate to have both McCarr and Taves. What a great defense there. And they got him for, for two second round picks from the Islanders. That is just insane. Uh, John Carlson, number nine. He, top 20, certainly. Um, but I see him as a guy that just puts up a lot of points. And again, if you're playing on like a power play with Ovechkin, you're going to put up a lot of points. He's good. He's not great. I don't see him as a top 10 guy. Uh, number 10, Miro Heiskanen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that feels right to me. Number 11 is Moritz Seider from the Detroit Red Wings. He's the uh, reigning Calder Trophy winner. Uh, this this seems high. Um, he had a very good season, very impressive rookie, but I kind of feel like I'd want to see more from a young player like that before I put him on the top 20 list. Like, really, is a rookie going to be one of the top 20? You know, if anything, I'd put him maybe down towards the bottom of the top 20, but 11 seems steep, especially considering putting him above a lot of guys here that are a lot more established than he is. Quinn Hughes, number 12. Yeah, he deserves to be up here. Again, He maybe top 10 even for him. Uh, Jacob Slavin from Carolina also should be in that conversation. So he's at 13, could be a little higher. Morgan Riley from Toronto at 14. He, fine, yeah. Uh, Shea Theodore, Vegas, then Wierenski, then Drew Doughty of LA, who he had a bounce back year. Uh, those guys, I think you could argue about the order, but having them in the mid-teens, that feels about right. I'd probably put all those guys ahead of Cider, though, for example. Um, then he had uh, Rasmus Dahlin coming in at number 18. I don't know if I consider him top 20 yet. He certainly had a very good season. Starter show flashes of why he was number one overall pick. But, you know, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a Norris caliber defenseman at any point here. Uh, very good, yes. Top 20, I don't know. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, uh, number 19. He was my pick preseason last year to be the Norris Trophy winner. He was nowhere near Norris Trophy caliber. So um, this feels like a reputation pick. And then Brent Burns came in at number 20. Again, major, major reputation pick there. Uh, he had, you know, 54 points, so decent offensive season. Uh, but that feels like putting a guy in here just because of the number of points that he scored, which kind of defeats the purpose of a defenseman, which isn't just to score points. It's to, you know, play defense, which is not something that Brent Burns excels at. Even when he was, you know, winning a Norris Trophy, he was not a good defensive defenseman. So uh, I would not put him on my top 20 at all. I, he's not even the best defenseman on the Sharks. Um, you know, if you look at possession numbers, Eric Carlson um, was much better <laughs> than Burns was. Uh, now he only played 50 games, Carlson did, because, you know, he had some injury issues. Uh, again, still way overpaid, but uh, 
if any shark has a claim for being on this list, it would be it would be Carlson rather than than Burns. Of course, Burns is now going to be a hurricane, and you know could very well put up better numbers because of that system. Um, you know, I was looking at a list of defensemen who uh, had played. 1,200 or more minutes at five on five. Um, so, you know, these are the defensemen getting the most usage and I rank them by expected goal percentage. Uh, and that gives a list that is maybe more to my liking. And Brett Burns, for the record, uh, finished 67th out of 87 on that list. So uh, to give you some idea of where he stands defensively. But Charlie Backvoy comes in number one there. Awesome, awesome uh, expected goal numbers. Number two, Mackenzie Weger. Weger is definitely a guy that I think should be in the top 20. That's the major omission on this list for me. Then Makar, Slavin, Taves. Uh, then uh, Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson, both of Calgary. Uh, Christopher Tanev of Calgary was also in the top 10 there. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and obviously Weger is joining them in Calgary this year, so they have a great blue line. So to have... No flames represented on this list is really, really bizarre to me. Also in the top 10 by this ranking would be uh, Jonas Brodeen from Minnesota. Uh, so again, yeah, I feel like we should have a, a wild on the list based on the way that they play defensively. You know, what about one of the top defensemen from the Devils? Like Dougie Hamilton, Yoda Siegenthaler, Damon Sevenson. The Devils weren't a great defensive team, but they've got some defensemen with talent um, that would maybe warrant some consideration for for a list like this. So, uh, not not a great effort on the part of the NHL Network here. But um, if you have any thoughts on this list, uh, definitely let us know on on Twitter or or in the comments there at the Canon. Uh, how how would you rank this differently? And w- one final note: an email that I got not long before recording this episode. Uh, the Jacket Backers are getting the gang back together, so uh, they're having a meeting on Monday, September 12th at the Dublin Library to um, plan for the season and to uh, have new officer elections and all of that. So uh, I had sort of lost track, but yeah, apparently they have uh, not been in operation since the uh, COVID shutdown in 2020. So glad to see the Jacket Backers back in business. Uh, they were always a great organization, doing stuff for the community, uh, organizing events for Jacket fans, great way to meet other fans of the team. So if you are maybe a more, uh, if you're newer to Jacket's fandom, this could be a good opportunity for you to meet other fans like yourself. Uh, they also were great at putting together road trips, you know, where they would buy blocks of tickets and set up uh, you know, hotel rooms and buses to to take fans to games. I did a trip to Ottawa back in 2015 with them. That was a lot of fun. So um, glad to see them back together. Be sure to uh, look them up if you're interested in doing more things in person with other Jackets fans. So that will do it for us this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. For more content from the Canon, go to JacketsCanon.com. You can also follow The Canon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJ Canon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. 
Go to AngelaPerley.com for more music and show dates.